This episode is brought to you by SalesCred, the definitive book on sales credibility by our co-host, Celie Smith. Sales credibility is the quality all salespeople must have in abundance before they can ever hope to earn trust and become a trusted advisor. And SalesCred reveals how salespeople build and lose credibility with the things you say and do every day. Pick up a copy October 8, 2020 at Amazon.com or other fine online business booksellers. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, I I was thinking um, our expert today is all about fulfillment and self-actualization and happiness. And I was thinking about the definition of happiness. I thought it used to be, oh, if I had a million dollars now, I'll be happy. Or, you know, if I could get to the next level of my career, I'll be happy. And now in COVID, I'm feeling like if I could just get in a car and drive somewhere or get on a plane, I'd be happy. I've totally changed my definition of what happiness is. You know, I always I always say that the COVID nineteen is a great reminder. It's a great reminder of, of what is really important. And it's like you know, you know, all the money that you can make and all the things you can buy don't don't seem to make you happy. I mean, so it is uh, COVID nineteen is is a big reset button I think on a lot of people's lives right now. And we're going to talk about today about you know how to hit reset and 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 achieve true happiness in our lives during this during this pandemic crisis. We have a treat for you. We are very lucky to have an extraordinary woman as our guest today. Sophie Cheech, a serial entrepreneur since the age of 12. What was I doing at 12? Absolutely nothing. Or <laughs> <laughs> to Sophie. Uh, newest venture is Be Current. I want to know what that means as well, because that seems to fit into what we're going to talk about. It's a methodology that uses productivity as a gateway to find your purpose. Um, also, she's the founder of Shape House and uh, the serial entrepreneur on the lookout for concepts that move the needle of the human experience, which is vastly different right now. She's got a master's degree in business and journalism from her native city of Paris, France. Also has the one in psychology soon after she moved to Los Angeles back in 93. Get her TEDx talk. I just watched it uh, on YouTube. It's fantastic. And she's the author of The Power of Personal Accountability, Achieve What Matters to You. This amazing woman has lost, kept off 200 pounds, transforming herself and her life and an expert on happiness. I feel like a massive underachiever, Sophie Cheech. So I am so glad you're here. <laughs> I am so, I'm hearing it and I'm like, well, I've had a fun life. <laughs> yeah, you can. So what Thank is you. the definition of happiness? Let's start with that. That is such a cool question. And it has changed. I think it's one of those words, maybe like love. It didn't mean the same thing as it means now when I was in my teens or my 20s or my 30s. It's like a world that, to me, it's a word that keeps evolving. And definitely between my age, my relationships, COVID, where I'm at with my career, it's like it's become more and more First of all, it's slower. It's slower than I thought it was going to be. Like I, I, as you said earlier in the intro, which I love, thank you for that. It was very much around um, doing things and having things and even experiences and throwing myself, you know, myself off of planes and walking on coals and like doing all these super <laughs> cool, exciting <laughs> yeah. things to feel, you know, to to feel, to feel myself, to feel myself in relationship to others and. 
how things affected me were a way for me to learn about myself and blah, blah, blah. Now I feel like less truly, truly is more. And uh -huh. I've been slowing down. I've been, I was looking at, uh, it's funny, I have this drawer where I put things that are meaningful to me. Like when I go to a concert and I keep the ticket, mm -hmm. you know, that I don't, I'm not super melancholic. My daughter would always joke that, that I'm kind of like, I don't keep stuff a lot. But that drawer has, you know, maybe at all times there's like, you know, 50 things and I often go through it and I trash what doesn't matter anymore. And boy, I did it a few days ago. And not much means that much anymore. It's like that letter, it's like I don't need the letter to really remind me of that person's love or it's it's simpler i think i think happiness is simpler than i thought and slower than i thought would be my answer so yeah. it's oh go ahead lee oh i i was gonna say so so during this time uh you, you know you, you've always like you've lost a lot of weight and i congratulate you on, on that both audrey and i have uh, also we're also smaller than we were a few years ago which is great um yeah, one of the things though I, I find it's very easy to do during COVID nineteen is do stress eating. And I was wondering, is like, do you see that? And then, you know, what kind of tips can you provide to people that do that so we stop doing that during this time? That's a beautiful question, and it is so at the heart of the subject. Indeed, I I would say ninety percent of the dysfunctional eating I was doing was more about. I don't even know that I would call it stress eating only because that kind of defines it a little too narrowly for me. It was pretty much any feeling eating. Like I was happy, I would eat. And I was sad, I would eat. And I was stressed, I would eat. And I would lonely, I would eat. And I would wonder where my future is going and I would eat. You know, fear, all of it was just, I did not know. I was raised in an environment. I don't know where you guys were raised, but in my household, like, don't cry, don't feel much, you know, like every time one of us as kids would, would be sad, you know, there'd be this like army put in motion to make us not feel sad, you know. Don't was, wear your heart on your sleeve. Don't, you know, as, <laughs> and as boys, you know, don't be, don't show you're vulnerable. And as girls, don't show that you're hysterical, whatever it was, you know, there was just like, and there was the inevitable, you know, I'm not cold, wear a sweater. I'm not hungry. Well, eat, it's time to eat. It's like every inner messaging was ruined you know was i feel something and this grown-up person is telling me that i shouldn't and that, that i should be feeling this other thing yeah and it's like no you know i'm i've really that's the one thing if you were to ask me like what is the one thing i'm most proud and i hate that word because proud means i'm involved in what they succeeded at but my daughter it's like i really raised her to hear herself she's not hungry fine we eat later you know it's it's kind of a it's, it's a very violent act. It's, I've really come to believe it's, it's, it's extreme, but I find it very violent when someone has a desire or a need or a preference and we force them out of that, you know, mm -hmm. as children or God, as adults as well. So I would so, say proceeding. Sorry, go ahead, Lee. So as an adult, you know, how do you avoid doing that during a time like this where it can be so easy to do that? Well, I learned to feel my feelings and it is a skill, turns out. I've really, the very first time that I, often people ask me like, how, how did the breakdown happen? You know, how did I go from 350 pounds and the kind of eating that goes with that, which in my case happened mostly at night. Like I would have a very proper healthy behavior during the day and then um, hide and just at two o'clock in the morning typically I would get up and go to the fridge and you know down a bag of Oreos later yeah 
Yeah, and you know, there was something about I would wake up, I would be, you know, scared, lonely, whatever the words would be to define exactly what that was, but this anxiety of like, where am I going? I'm afraid of dying, and am I, is my life meaningful enough? You know, whatever, like thing that we, we all have. I don't know why that's one thing we hide. It's like we all have, you know, existential things happened and fears. And so I would wake up and go to the fridge and pull up a chair and open the, <laughs> and eat pretty much everything in sight. And I, I would do that night after night, you know, for years. And then this one day, funny enough that you asked it that way, it's rare that people even connect the dots like that. But I woke up, I mean, I, I was in front of the fridge and I literally had this voice. Like that's what I heard it as a voice. I don't know intuition. I don't know what it was, but it said, you can eat everything you want, but before I want you to feel what you're feeling right now. And I still mm. to this day don't know exactly what it was, like almost like a spiritual awakening or emotional awakening, really. And I, I said, all right, all right. And, you know, half sleepy. And I closed the fridge and sat back at the island. And I sat there, you know, just kind of like, what does that mean? You know, feel my feelings. But I gave it time. You know, I paused and I didn't, I just didn't down food first. And I felt, boy, did I feel. It was just a combination of fear and scared and, and deep and, and, and lonely and despair. And I just, and it's, it doesn't sound very appealing, but looking back, it was because that's life. You know, I wasn't also, I also, if I wasn't feeling all those things, I also was disconnected from joy and from fulfillment and from inner peace and from these other really cool things. Like you can't exactly cut off one and still feel the other. And so I was really shut down from just everything pretty much. And so I felt, which I remember maybe being in the 20, 30 minutes, it could have been more, could have been less, I don't remember. But when I was done, which was exhausting, because I never felt my feelings, it was literally like I just ran a marathon of, you know, emotional inner expression or something. And I said to myself, okay, okay, so now, now do you want to go eat? And I literally remember thinking like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I went back to bed. And that was pretty much the end. I mean, of course, there were adjustments and there were, you know, moments that reminded me. So like when my father died or when my cat died, you know, they were, which were really difficult moments. I deliberately, I saw myself, you know, sad eating or whatever fear, you know, whatever the feelings were around their death and that incredible sadness. And I remember thinking, you know what? food's okay. I'm going to down food and I'm going to not feel for a while. And that's really okay. And I, but I did it deliberately. You know, I did it for a few days and I ate, I remember my dad, my dad's death at, you know, occurred in Paris. And so I flew there right away. And I, so it was my old habits it was almost like my old ground, you know, of, so I went to all these places where I used to have my favorite croissant and my favorite, you know, Mont Blanc, which is this crazy cream, chestnut, sugary craziness. And I just sat there and I ate them, you know, because I didn't want to feel, but it was done in partnership. It wasn't done as I'm sad and I can't be sad. And so I'm going to eat. It was really more like, I'm just going to help myself for a few days, you know, which made by the way, made me incredibly sick because I don't eat sugar anymore as, um, as just, a, a, you know, I just don't touch sugar, but I did those days and I was just like, Oh God, what did I do to myself? Like I was just like, uh, you know, permanently drunk for days, you know? Yeah. So you talk about doing things for kind things for ourselves right now. And is yeah. an exercise like feeling what you feel like I I'll share I personally have been compartmentalizing everything like about this virus and how I feel about it. And 
you know, maybe I should just sit, you know, turn off the computer and sit and just really acknowledge how I feel and then get rid of it and move on. That might be a good thing for me to do. It would what be other things can people do? Yeah, that is one of the beautiful things. So to me, being kind to myself is an act of every choice. Like when you think of it, it's okay. like people are like my life. It's like, well, we don't live life. We live moments like this moment. I'm with you. Next moment, I'll be doing something else. And so the way I'm sitting, the way I'm dressed, the way I'm drinking what I'm drinking, which is hot water in the morning, all those things are organized around having the best experience I can have this very moment, which by the way, this moment is delicious. I'm loving it. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. So, so that's one of those. Like in the morning, I don't put my foot, that's one of my favorite things. I don't put my foot down on the ground until I feel appreciation and gratitude. That's one of my biggest things. So oh, that's a good sometimes I'll get out of bed, my both my feet will on the ground and be like, nope. And I'll literally like pull my, you know, pull okay. my back <laughs> of the bed and then I'll think of more things. And then some, honestly, some mornings is like, all right, I woke up and all right, I like my sheets. All right. I, okay. I, I can move my body. That's nice. I mean, sometimes it's not, some people think that gratitude has to be, you know, when you get married or you have like, you know, no, it's like every, so I, I list and it's been beautiful too, because by wanting to wake up with appreciation and gratitude, I kind of go to bed with it too, because I want to go to bed with like, okay, what am I going to think about tomorrow morning? And what are the things that happened today? And so therefore I end up falling asleep also in gratitude and appreciation, which a lot of research lately and for a long time now, actually the past 10 years. And so I've been reading a lot about how gratitude specifically changes your nervous system reaction to life. So say if you're in a state of gratitude and something happens, your nervous system and your kind of your, your psyche is going to respond with like, oh, maybe this is, you know, the universe conspires, you know, to serve me. Like, I love that quote, like, um, as opposed to the universe is always coming after me in some way. So just that very reflex to shift to gratitude is one of the kindest thing I've ever done. Like someone does something and instead of being like, you know, not giving them the benefit of the doubt and imagining that they're doing that, you know, to torture you, which this is a, this is like a, a, a hint for life. Nobody is out there after you. It's like they're dealing with their own thing. Uh -huh. They're trying to survive. They're doing their best. That's true. It has nothing to do with you. That is one of the kindest things I've ever done to myself is stop thinking that when people are sneezing over there, it's deliberately to make me keep, catch a cold. It's like, it's not. It's really not. So I have a funny fun. story about that. Can I just tell oh, this in 30 yes, seconds or less, you guys? Lee, you'll love this. So I had to have an emergency tooth extraction. I'm in the dental chair and in the next slot over, there's another woman in. Everybody's in for emergency stuff because we're in a pandemic, right? And so I hear that this big burly dentist is the guy I go to. He walks in and all, this is what I hear him say to the woman in the next slot over, ready? <laughs> he says, she's got to have a tooth out too. He says, this oh. is part of aging. You're not special. This is how it is. This is life. It happens every day to people, but you're, it's good that you're here and let's just take care of it. Now, wow. She made it all about her. It was, oh, I'm losing a tooth and this is horrible and everything. And I thought, wow, you know, the great equalizer. That is fantastic empathy from the, from the dentist. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but he wanted her to be, you know, let's turn it around to gratitude. You know, she was very, it must be the first tooth she ever had pulled. Got to be. But that's one thing to be grateful, you know, to be in your aging years and never had 
you know, the tooth extract. Like, that's exactly how I would look at life. You know, it's kind of like when someone, I don't know, loses, like recently a friend of mine lost a parent and she's in her 50s. And I was mm. like, dude, like, you know, most people, a lot of people don't even, don't have parents at all. Or they die, you know, very, very young. And, or, you know, it's like they, they've never had a father. It's like, whatever it is, it's like, why are we looking through the lens often you know, the lens of me, something me, me, is me, wrong me, and something me, is not kind yeah. and something is not there yeah. to support me, especially when mm-hmm. other people do something, you know? And I, I just think that's one of a very, very sweet moment when we can shift that needle. And when something happens, yeah. just literally it's like, hmm, I wonder how that's, I wonder, that's one of my favorite beginning <laughs> of sentences. I wonder how that's going to serve me today. Like I did not expect this thing to go completely wrong, you know? So let's, uh, Let's see what miracle is going to deliver. It's just a sweeter, funnier, you know, just mm-hmm. gentle way to do the day. So you wrote the book, The Power of Personal Accountability, which makes me wonder. Huh, I just realized I did that. Uh, the what is in your mind, you know, maybe the number one tip that you could give to somebody for holding themselves personally accountable. And then the follow up to that question, it would be as managers, uh, what tips could you give to a manager then to help hold other people accountable? So, wow, you ask really beautiful questions, both of you. Accountability is a funny word. Obviously, I wrote about a, a book about it, so I spent a good amount of time with that word. And I was a translator in my younger years of the concepts of it, and so I traveled a good amount, and I was raised in Spain, and so I speak really good Spanish, and I was raised in France, obviously, and so I, my French really good. And so... <laughs> My French is really good, better than my English. Um, but the word accountability doesn't translate very well in other countries. Like in France, you kind of have to do this gymnastic of like being responsible, but in a way that has more to do with your own approach to other. I mean, just it's like 17 words to basically say what it is. And in Spanish, even more complicated. And so that was interesting to me. Like when I was uh, touring for the book and, and doing all these talks, there was this notion of why is a word so different in different languages? And one, why has it evolved in English so much that we've had to you know, develop words to even speak to it? But the concept of accountability is often perceived by others as someone else holds you accountable. It's like a punishment kind of energy. And it's kind of a, you know, you better do what I tell you because otherwise, and so people don't respond well to accountability because it's perceived as some, outer order, you know, done unto you that you really don't want. Like the visual I have is like some teacher making you be accountable, you know, and go to your thing <laughs> over there. Like not very sweet. When really, to me, being accountable in the root of the word, you know, is beautiful. It's like, it's almost like it's keeping ourselves into account. And it's also counting on each other and on ourselves. You know, it's like it has this notion of counting on. So if I tell you I'm going to be here this morning at seven, you count on me to be there, right? It's a simple, it's a deal we made. It's like we've done conversations and we decided, all right, at seven on that Tuesday morning, we'll be together. Well, it's, if I don't show up, it's fine. It's not like, you know, the world is going to stop, but it's like we, we, we decided together that we're going to do something, right? And so it has this quality of like, if I said I was going to do something, do it or renegotiate. It's like, I could have called you a few days ago and said, sorry guys, um, my life has changed. It's like, but I have this good friend and you know, she's also fantastic. Why don't you interview her or whatever? But we, we treat accountability as an outer force. And so it's not as fun. We don't treat it as something that's like 
delicious. Like when I say I'm going to do something, first of all, I don't commit to stuff that I don't want to do. That's one of the big, that's what be current. That's a big one. Yep. That's a big one. And Audrey, when you were asking earlier about what's be current, you know, it's be current has to do with that. It's like what gets on your schedule should be with my dear friends, the Hendricks. I don't know if you guys know again, Katie Hendricks, but if you don't run, the book is called The Big Leap, the newest book. And it's incredible. But one of the ideas is, you know, do you get a full body? Yes. And a full body yes is, you know, the opposite of heck no. You know, when your body says, yeah, I don't really want to go, you know, have lunch with Anne Sylvie. Don't put her on your schedule. Don't say yes. Don't be polite. You know, be kind, but don't be polite. Like you don't need to go have lunch with, you know, anyone or commit to anything. Well, go have lunch. Wow. What a 2019 concept, huh? Yeah. Don't <laughs> I, I miss that. Zoom. Yeah. Yes. Don't don't do anything. It's like, I'm with you guys because I wanted to be with you this morning. It's like, I don't wake up and I go, Oh, I have this interview with these people. You know, who are these people? Who are these people? (laughs) It's like, I signed up because I checked you in. I mean, it's like, I want to be here. It's a delicious moment for me. And my whole day is like that. And yes, is there a privilege to having made money and having a career I like and having a lot of really good friends and loving where I'm at in my body? Yes, because, you know, when you don't have these privileges, then you have to do things you don't really want to do. But then make movement towards something you want more. Like one of my dear friends wants to go travel around the world on a boat. He doesn't have the money. He doesn't know how to actually, you know, sail a boat for that matter. He's actually kind of never really been on boats much, but it's a dream and he wants to do it. And so we were talking about it and be current has to do with breaking down a big thing into smaller things. You know, it's a bit, it's one of the big principles behind my work is like writing a book is really difficult, but spending half an hour at the bookstore looking at what's out there, is doable. Spending half an hour writing titles, you know, and brainstorming is kind of fun. So I break down everything I do into small things. And so all of a sudden a book is written because I did it as half an hour, write the title, half an hour, you know, spend time brainstorming the table of content and half an hour making a list of friends I want to interview or whatever. And so everything is turned into a small thing. And therefore it's all digestible and doable and fun and and, you know, just pleasant to do as opposed to, you know, if I write on my schedule that I want to write a book or in my life that I want to write a book, that's like, <laughs> just this happy thing, right? Sophie, what I take from that is, is that if you, if you have to do things you don't want to do, you know, for your job or for your, your, your life role, if you will, then it's like, well, the, the time where you have the freedom to choose what you want to do, don't do things that you don't want to do that's, when you that's have the choice. That is, that's correctly. And that is probably the biggest notion of accountability to me. Like be accountable to yourself for that. If nothing else, like Mm -hmm. before some, I mean, yes, we do have to do things we don't want to do, but you can minimize by a lot. Like there's a lot of people that will put things on their schedule because it's two weeks in advance. And then they think, ah, it'll be fine. No, if your body doesn't want to do it two weeks ago, it probably won't want to do it two weeks from now. Or you can say, you know what, right now, maybe, why don't we check in in a couple of weeks and see if this thing feels good. And People are not used to that, but people love it. Like I have really solid boundaries. When I say yes, it's a real yes. And my friends are used to, if Sophie's here, she really wants to be here, which is nice. You know, who wants someone at a dinner party that just did not know how to say no? And that's why they're there. You know, that, that's, not, that's not a delicious moment for anyone, really. That's going to be my new sorting system 
We're almost yes. out of time, Sophie. We, so BeCurrentToday.com is your website. Just really yes. quickly tell the people, are you taking consulting gigs right now? How can they engage with you? Yeah, we consult. I mean, we do a lot of different things. Go on the website. It's probably the best way to find out. There is a contact, you know, for us to have a chat if you're interested. But basically, we are helping people think about how they relate to time, which a lot of people thought was, you know, time management, it ain't, it ain't management from time. Like you don't manage time. Time happens. Your relationship to time is really where it, it, it plays. That's where the game is. And if you want to have a life that's purposeful and meaningful, choosing what you do with your time, that is, that's a biggie. That's really a biggie. So go to becurrenttoday.com. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being here with a lot of food for thought and great tips, Sophie. We appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. you so much for having me. Have a wonderful rest of your day, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.